recorded because um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the worst fitness podcast in the world we're just gonna start uh start right off chris james are with us uh i guess it'll be part two part two yeah do, are, do we what do we call is it gonna be the we move podcast we or? move dissect podcast or the dissect we move podcast depends who puts it out that's true that's true okay so add bumpers when yeah. you guys put it out, and yeah. we'll just leave it as is. Um, but we were, and Michael was just in the process of. Um, you could call it bitching. Bitching. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say some truth saying. Oh right. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, oh, be, this, oh, this popped oh, up kind of organically. But, but it, yeah, we didn't even have to steer it to. to <laughs> we didn't have to like hashtag fitness is fucked to even to even get here. But but it is a the the the, the concept that came up is. It, and it has come up in the past and most recently for me it's and i can't remember exactly when this conversation was but it was like maybe it was with polly mm. that we were talking and like i can't sell you the outcome but i can sell you the thing that promises to achieve the outcome that you're seeking so i'm going to rebrand something or i'm going to make something up or maybe i'm get you know man if i'm really really special and you know thinking it pretty far down the road i might actually come up with something original mm -hmm. tough to do in the fitness space but you know in the vibrating plate thing you know it's a thing it was original <laughs> <laughs> just, i just um shake yourself into fitness ex yeah exactly <laughs> and and but but for the most part it's a, you know we, we could say that you know uh Pat O'Shea invented mm. CrossFit in 1969. Sure, yeah. um, and you know wrote the paper that was published by the NSCA in 1987, mm -hmm. and then um, the modern iteration was just to remove the mandatory rest periods, and you know from what he had designed, mm -hmm. but it's essentially the same thing. It's a combination of sort yeah. of cardiorespiratory stress combined with lifting weights, and you know and Olympic lifting and that kind of thing. Anyway, um, so not original but rebranded marketed presented whether it's effective you know or not is is, is irrelevant but it's the rebranding mm. the carving out my piece of territory mm -hmm. um that i can then sell you what you already know yeah I, and that that's what gets <laughs> me because i i love when people try new things even if they don't work like i like that people are experimenting things as long as it's a, a genuine attempt to innovate uh, or solve a problem. I think that that's where most of the utility in this stuff is. And and now you're saying because of how we've advanced and how we understand how the neuromuscular system works, you're going to see different practices try to develop that as opposed to the muscle skeletal theory of just like get the muscle bigger and stronger. Well, and well, well, easy there, man. You, <laughs> the problem with all that stuff before mm -hmm was that the muscles were not confused because they were <laughs> doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And so they had it memorized and that's now, why it didn't really work. Now you just like- We fixed it. Now everybody is just confused. Everyone, <laughs> it's not only the muscles that are confused. It's the people. It's the, people. Uh, this, the problem though is like when you're trying to innovate something for the sake of branding, 
you're never going to innovate anything because you're, you're just more worried about the marketing that goes behind it. You're worried about the monetary um, exchange for your idea. So you're yeah. carving out the interest of, you know, categorizing this thing that I do. It's called this, which, okay, as a function of capitalism, you, you kind of need to partake in that. But you probably need to do the innovating before you do the marketing. Like, <laughs> which is oh. now it's the opposite. I mean, you mentioned it the other day. With, wait, 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 wait. You mean music. The ready, fire, aim is not like a thing. <laughs> Holy shit. That should be a fucking shirt. I'm going to write that down. So Chris mentioned this uh, uh, yesterday about the music industry, how they kind of noticed, um, and I'll paraphrase it. Fix me if I, you know, get this a little bit wrong. But you're saying like, man, they can throw all the marketing and hype in the world that a new band that has an album, but they almost, they need an organic fan base. They need stickers and patches and signing things and talking to people. They need, they need the connection to an audience before they can give it to the, it needs to build in a certain way. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I think um, if you want longevity for sure, the classic example is fan clubs. Mm. You know, you, you yeah. think of, you know, my reference would be rock and metal, but you think of like Kiss or Iron Maiden or, you know, those, the reason those bands are still so popular 30 years later is because, you know, the fans are so solid that they've been getting... 40, yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but they've been getting, you know, they're getting stuff every year for 40 years. And, you know, and also they were allowed, like, going back to this, uh, the, the conversation about creativity yesterday, they were allowed, you know, a period of time to develop their, their craft. Yeah. And it's, you know, <clears throat> of course you can throw a load of money. There's plenty of band examples throwing loads of money at them and it kind of blowing up. But, you know, they also... But it was Quite flash in the pan. Up. I mean, yeah. they Towards blow the up. And yeah, it's just they like, blow up and blow up. You yeah, know? and and so yeah, I, th I think it's fundamental that you that you anything good has like a gestation period. That yeah. it kind of it changes, it, it grows, it goes back. It, it like kind of kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's a um, and I think now the 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 expectation, um that technology or whatever will replace or can shorten the gestation period, mm -hmm. yeah. but the creative output is just as valid or good or yeah. interesting. Um, I think that's the belief that's being pushed and it's, it remains untrue mm -hmm. in, my, in my opinion. Cause we, the, we look at Silicon Valley and like the tech world, the fucking shit that comes out and you're like, no one in their right mind. Those guys are so jacked. Needs that. <laughs> <laughs> no one in their right mind needs it or wants it, but someone wants to be an entrepreneur. And someone yeah. wants to, you well, know, make a load of money. So we've come up with this great idea where we, you know, do this. And th there's a bad heuristic, but I, f I, f I hold it up because I think it's an important one. It could be wrong. It's not a hundred percent true. Uh, a plus B is equal to C. But when somebody is um, selling, or um, I'll say um, proselytizing a new exercise or idea or fundamental way of doing things that, that is under their banner. Um, if they, as a practitioner, don't really move well or are not capable or they just don't represent their idea and they're trying to, you know, they're saying that their idea is for the best in the world, but they themselves don't represent, you know, moving well or being strong or being fast or being agile or having a lot of endurance, I almost immediately shut it down. And it's it's probably a bad heuristic, but I have to stick by it because most often somebody will say something, you know, highly intelligible and maybe they have data to back it up and they'll post this, that and the other and they'll say big words that I don't even really understand. Um, and then when I'll go look at what they actually do, I'm just like completely unimpressed by their 
their own personal physical nature, in which Mm. case there's a loss here. If your ideas work, you should be able to apply them to yourself and your activities first. That doesn't mean you're going to be an elite champion or a world-class athlete because your ideas are so phenomenal, but you should move fairly well. This happened. There's a a fairly well-known guy in Southern California (laughs) that you guys all know. <laughs> and um, he talks a lot about movement quality and um, you know he has very strong opinions on certain things, um, uh, i.e. being, you know, replacing endurance with short, high intensity used to be. And now it's icing and, and breathing. Oh, that. Yeah. And like particular SoCal individual. He's a very thinking. smart dude. Like the guy is very intelligent. Um and I took him seriously for a long time because I thought he, you know, represented quite a bit of what the fitness space is about until I saw him move in real life. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to I won't listen to another thing that guy says just because it was pitiful. Like it was really bad. Six weeks. You could move better than that. If It's just like coordination wise and balancing a barbell over your head. All these things can be corrected fairly quickly. Um, but I think a lot of people spend too much time coming up with ideas that sound good as opposed to practicing them and solidifying them. Like one of the big reasons that we don't talk a lot about the the devil's yoga, whatever we want to call it, is that I haven't done it long enough to know whether it's actually that good for you. Like I'm still trying to figure out whether it's useful. And that's what we talked about last night for mm. a good chunk. It's like, I think it is. But even again, going back to yes, the intentional practice. <laughs> So you do stuff and you try it out and that's creativity and it works or it doesn't and you take what does work and you get rid of what doesn't. And it, you know you develop sure. it over a period of time. I but but it's just emphasis on the period of time because, yeah. because you cannot know whether it's useful or unuseful for a long time. And yeah. it's not like this is a three month intervention. This is, it needs to be practiced yeah. on a much longer timeline before I think yeah. we can learn what, like, mm-hmm. what is effective. Well, is it, if I'm trying to cause structural change within myself, mm-hmm. uh, that's not, a, you know, I'm not getting there Thursday. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's, that will take some repetition and consistency. Yeah. And with this particular thing, like, and I only use it as an example because it's something we're developing kind of organically based on what we're seeing in populations that we deal with that, you know, people move like shit, to be honest, they move terrible. And I don't feel comfortable handing them a weight when they can't move good without a weight. So that was one of the reasons like, well, it's like just start moving in every plane and fix mobility issues and kind of structural imbalances before we ever apply any kind of loading or stress. That doesn't mean we don't. It just means one comes before the other. And if I see somebody move terrible without weight, I know when we put weight on them, it's going to be minimal. It, it's it's not going to help them move better. No, I always heard that like sometimes when it's heavier, you 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 magically yeah, it's a ready fire you, aim. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but we use that as an example because um, we we applied it to the last symposium and people got a lot of you know I guess shock and awe by how difficult it is because we joke about it being like, oh, it's just moving around. Like it's really not that big of a deal. And you see people who are, you know, physically strong people who can't hold a body position that you guys nailed mm. yesterday. I mean, they, they just have no body awareness. Um, and a lot of people asked, you know, uh, can you like video this stuff and put it out there? And the real answer is absolutely not. Like A, it's not ready for that. B, it, it will never be in that format because it's really, it, it's a, 
It's a function of actual coaching, like seeing somebody move and then correcting them. It's mm-hmm. an actual exchange yep. between individuals yeah. rather than, oh, I can watch this and mimic. Yeah, Be- because or- the tension required, you can't um, properly, um, I guess, you can't state the importance of it over a video, but you can if you see it and feel it in real life. And that's something you can't get virtually, I don't think. I can tell you, man, you have to tense as hard as you possibly can and you bridge off your hand and you do this specifically, you're gonna feel your neck kind of cramp up. That means you're doing it correctly. But somebody will just look at it, see the motion, and they'll try to emulate the sequence, in which case they're doing the interpretive dance form of whatever you're trying to show them, which never works and there'll be no progress there. So it's And then you post something about it on social media and you know, then you'll get the comments, Oh, that's debunked, man. That's been that's been proven <laughs> yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know, that tension doesn't isn't needed. You can just relax through it and be more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact that's kinda of how this all well, we actually started, funny enough, talking about the subject based off of talking about religious belief. Um nothing wrong with that until you know it becomes dogmatic and then it changes your behavior and it, in changing your behavior I, I mean maybe one i don't know which one's first i guess it would change your psychology and then it would change your behavior but how you view the world is really important i think and the less associated uh, or the, the further away you get from an accurate perception the further away you are having good practices so Although I don't think that there's necessarily a truth, especially in fitness, like I, I don't, I don't think there, there's better and worser ways to approach something, but there is no best way or worst way. I'm just gonna leave worser hanging there. <laughs> no, I did it was on purpose. Okay. It, was, it was, it was intentional. Um. <laughs> do, do you think it comes down to actually truth of the individual, like mm. outcome, income, like sort of you know what is it? You, you know what? What are you trying to put out into the world versus actually what is it that you that you really need to find out about yourself? Like if you're having to, if you're, if you can't move well and you're putting out a movement philosophy that says, mm-hmm. oh, you should be able to do this, this, and this, it's like so you need kind of, to be liked. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's needed, like, needed. Yeah, yeah I, but the people want to be liked. They need to be needed. Then there's a connection with authentic. Mm. need as opposed to if i just have a lot of people around me then i feel really important exactly there's a i think there's a i think Mm. there's a really big gap there of and i don't think people realize how important it is to be needed to supply um something to a group that they can't do without yeah and that like if you just fill in that if your life's work is just to find a group you really like hanging out with and supply a need for them you you'll it'll provide you with fulfillment i don't know about happiness because i don't know what the fuck that means but you'll have some sort of fulfillment there but i there's a um i think this notion of needing to be needed or needing to be appreciated Mm -hmm. is an unconscious bit that we should actually pay pretty you know closer attention to Mm -hmm. um and maybe you know keep it in the arsenal in a way there was um if you go back in the to the dietary study and i can't remember which particular one this was but it was one of those rabbit studies where um they uh fed the rabbits like a really shitty diet you know high fat diet and whatever and high fat salary (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well that's 
called peanut butter. <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, and there's different groups and some of them are, you know, getting more saturated fat and some of them are less. And some of these bunnies are dying, but there's this one, you know, one group of rabbits that, uh, you know, didn't have negative effects from eating in this particular way. And they tried to figure it out, tried to figure it out. And they're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. We just need to throw that study away. So years later it comes out that, um, and, and, and I think there's a, maybe this lady or somebody has written a, a book about this recently, um, that, that the, the particular lab technician who was, you know, the guardian of those bunny rabbits was picking them up and talking nicely to them and being kind to, the, to these rabbits. And they did not, despite being fed the exact same diet as the other ones that all like got super mm-hmm. obese and died of cancer or heart disease or whatever, um, these didn't because... This lady was being nice to him. <laughs> I don't know how you manifest that in the gym. That's not consistent with anything else we do. <laughs> I, it, I think uh, no, that I mean, it is. I'm, I'm you mean you guys over, aren't hugging people it, after they've done a big I, I'm, I'm being a little facetious about For that. For sure but. not because we're in the hashtag <laughs> me too era. Yeah, um, yeah safe sport. But yeah. I, I think that, that comes down <laughs> like, but, but does it's anybody like a, really think, like I wanted to ask, uh, talking about the argument earlier that I saw online with a guy saying that your shit doesn't work, it's been debunked or whatever. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, here's the research that proves it. Has anybody seen definitive research that's absolutely like, yeah, this for sure is debunked. I'm never going to touch that because we know for certain that it doesn't work. Like there is no such thing as an an ultimate control because you can't control for what you just talked about. Yeah. Emotional really. intent and uh, the environment. Because if you're isolated, that is a different that's a different environment. That's also an influence yeah, for on, sure. on yeah. you know, your behavior and your psychological yeah. state. It's a negative, in fact. Like, so there's no such thing as neutral in any one study. In fact, I would say saying that a study proves anything is unscientific because science does not prove anything. It basically falsifies <laughs> things, right? And, and by falsifying is just saying, well, to the best of our knowledge, this is not accurate and that it would be more optimal to go this way. I, and I think especially in this day and age where we're like, oh, science is the, you know, that's the, our holier than thou system. I, I think people lose what science actually is and what the scientific method can purport. Like what you can derive from a study that's controlled and has, you know, goes through all the stages. I don't think it's possible to get an answer from it. There's a non-answer that comes from it. There's like a, maybe an X that goes, okay, I'm going to look this way instead of that way. Isn't that the point of science? Yeah, for sure. To create forward motion by debunking each time. It's it's directional in its path. And I think what we lose now, especially through, because media is not scientific and media needs something sensational to grab your attention. So it's definitive because if an article was like, maybe possibly it might be some sort in the future, a new direction, but not like, specifically we're moving towards this way of eating no one would fucking read that <laughs> or, or so, listen like i lost you right there <laughs> so, completely. but i i think the part of the the, the mishandling of of the the you know scientific output mm. is exactly what you just referred to in that it this is progression along a path we are trying to move forward you know to expand knowledge and to you know cut away um you know ignorance or 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 or, um wrong thinking that you know that's so 20 years ago or Mm -hmm. whatever but so if 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 the intent is progression then then it's wrong to stand on a 
specific completed out like the idea yeah. of an outcome mm-hmm. like this is forever you know this is this is what science says mm-hmm. and therefore it's a truth and now you can build a house on it or your yeah. you know your body or your diet that you're going to then sell to people or whatever but it's i i think people regard the scientific output as a destination mm-hmm. rather than an incremental step uh um, progressing along a, a path mm. is this all linked with deep down people's fear of death <laughs> Every, always I, mean, I, I, I say we, we always come down to that I mean my because we don't I mean it's happening mm-hmm. but if we stick by something maybe it won't or maybe it'll pass me by it, like, yeah. it, like further out yeah. yeah like if I stop progressing if I just camp out on this destination right here and, and that's um, it won't when people are selling something or mm-hmm. they've got to create something to be liked and when you were talking I was like ah oh, there's like a there's a need to we have a need to be needed mm-hmm. like a biological need yes. to be needed but there's a want to be needed mm-hmm. that's fostered through if you're not needed then you'll probably just fizzle away and die but when you have you like your biological needs met I don't have to talk to anyone. Well, I, I figure that's probably exactly what I would. I, I mean, I I always predict that every conversation that's meaningful will eventually come down to the fear of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 it goes if a if a conversation goes on long enough, it will become what we're talking about, which is on you know the the anxiety of everybody is like this fear of an end, um, which I think is really useful because we have quit talking about it as a culture. Like our culture, it kind of gets rid of it. Mm. So I think the more that it comes up, the more useful because then we deal with stuff like this. Um, the need to be needed, I think it's fulfilled by legacy, like the need for legacy, which comes to the need for branding and marketing. Because if I'm not going to live, but my name and my genetics and my whatever, my face on a mountain or my name on a building, if that can live on, it's almost like immortality. And therefore, I'm getting rid of the fear of death because I'm going to live on forever in the stories that I, you know, people talk about me. Man, what would it cost to have your face carved on a mountain? <laughs> <laughs> just like, I mean, in this era, obviously they, you know. In this era. What if you just did it yourself? That was your life. You spent your whole life just carving your own face onto a mountain. Okay. That'd be a authentic life's work yeah. <laughs> it would also somebody yes. who believed in a different religion would come along later and just like <laughs> blow it up probably yeah. if it wasn't but because because i was thinking so when mount you know the the, the the presidential faces were carved into mount rushmore was mm. I, I believe that was during the depression so they had a lot of very cheap labor Downtown. to like go up there and carve that stuff. <laughs> but I mean, okay, not we're, really anything we're to making freeways <laughs> to connect everything yeah. and we're going to celebrate a couple four guys. There, there was something yeah. <laughs> really weird with that though. I, I, had, I don't know what it was but there's something weird about that story about why they chose it was like North Dakota or South Dakota which yeah. one is it? It's one of the Dakotas. It's, a, yeah. it's one of the states that nobody wants to go to for sure. Okay. And I think that was, it was like to boost tourism or some like to give there is nothing to see there so the whole point was to was to get people to go, to go there thing, <laughs> to be a, a wonder of the world which nobody wonders about that they're like oh yeah some fucking you know some old racists are carved up <laughs> 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 yeah those should though. be taken down they uh, they they didn't their beliefs were you know way back then were inconsistent with ours today and so mm. we should just erase history yeah we should rewrite yeah. it yeah 
put up some other phase. <laughs> well, I, well, because if if we don't rewrite it, we'll never have the legacy of now of who decide and categorizes what we believe now. That's that's true. Which is, you know, how humans act. I think blindly. No, I mean, acutely aware that they're taking something from the past, improving upon it, and then acknowledging that it was all of them, that it was no other influence. Well, this is the hard thing with invention, right? That Just the term invention, as opposed to the term discovery. So um, inventors, like tech guys, they invent technology that we use, an iPhone or whatever, the software that we use to run the iPhone, and they invented it. They're the guy. They get their name on a mountain. Math, not their face, just their yeah, name. Yeah, just their name. Yeah, <laughs> mathematicians discover things. They unveil through the universe, right? When they when they prove a theorem correctly, they didn't they didn't invent it. They didn't create that. They just figured out something that already existed. One of them is egotistical and narcissistic. The other one is humility incarnate. Like you, there's no mathematician that really can be all that egotistical because they're just so busy unveiling what already exists in the world. But the inventor that made the iPhone took how many of other people's inventions to do that? The use of plastics and silicon and microchips and transistors and zeros and ones and programming and software and tempered glass and accelerometers. And by the time you get done, you just took a whole bunch of other people's shit and put it together and called yourself an inventor. Which Nothing. is what fitness does. Us, that's yeah. that's <laughs> pretty much like the movement of fitness world, right? Yeah, it's just you go to workshop, right? get a certificate, and all of a sudden yeah. it's yours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All you need is a garage. Yeah. <laughs> and a brand, a nice shiny logo. Well, yeah, 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 a logo for sure. <laughs> yeah. And t-shirts before um, anyone is actually fit enough to wear them. Oh, so, yeah, t-shirts before, <laughs> and before not people actually do you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but maybe that, that's the, the band needs the same thing. I mean... They need a name before they can play almost, right? Yeah, what are you guys called? Yeah, what do you what do you guys call your band? <laughs> and, and then they they need music before they can have followers, but the, they almost before they can have followers, they, you know, they need they patches need have, and merch and they need black t-shirts yeah. and they need style, they need the the it's, you know, the, it's intention, right? It's like why yeah. are you doing anything? Yeah. But then that's just a sell. Sure. Like the mathematician, you can't really I, I don't know how you sell that. You, you can only discover it and just put it out there. Well, here's a weird thing about mathematicians that I don't think a lot of people. Uh, it, it it came apparent to me when I was when I just started uh, studying physics, because when you realize astronomers, what astronomers are, astronomers are the most genuinely curious humans there could possibly be. They're basically playing the part that humans have always played as being one of the only beings that we know of in the universe that are conscious of their experience. They look up and they go, what the fuck? And they're living that out on their life. Like they, they've dedicated their life to looking up and just being in total fucking amazement that something as weird is going on up there and here. Mathematicians in general, whether they're atheist or non-believers or you know, secular or whatever, it doesn't matter. They at some point have to understand that they are translating the language of the universe whether you believe that's from a creator or not doesn't matter this is like divine work in some sense because when i figure out one key it proves something else and then the astronomer can actually use that key to translate something and 
plug it in and go, oh yeah, that's okay. Now it's not what the fuck, it's dark matter. Then, then there's another what the fuck that comes from that. And then they go back, discover the language, and then they look up. They, this, this thing I think is, it, it's like a, I would think of it, it have to be almost a religious experience without any you know, entity or, or deity, I guess I should say. Um, that that's what was strange to me because before you're like what kind of fucking sick asshole sits in a in a room just like plugging away at equations like that guy must be so fucking bored and he might like he has nothing better in his life but when you look at the, the kind of the girth of what they think that the universe is and what they're actually doing it's it's kind of like breathtaking to be like man i'm really not doing anything that important like i'm <laughs> I'm writing some words to try to get people to exercise sometimes. <laughs> I'm definitely not translating God's language. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, it's our podcast for the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you know, um, do you know of a guy on Instagram, Robert Edward Grant? Yeah, for, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he and he's uh, that. that's exactly the kind of person yeah, that yeah. I'm talking about. He's just... Every week it's like, in fact, I read the posts knowing that I will never understand the posts. Yeah, Pi Phi. I read one one time. I was kind of high out of my mind, and I read it to other people. Um, and I was just like, I, I read it out loud because it was so fucking absurd. It, it, like, <laughs> it, I couldn't understand even, I don't know, I would say 5% of it. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was. But it, he's he basically... You just uh, pick any of his posts. Any of them. It, it, like transitioning from three to four today is a very special day i'm currently very far oh that's when he went to meet the dalai lama he talks about shapes um he has this weird i forgot which <laughs> mapping of the first thousand digits of pi <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, the tree of life encodes the geometry of cubotetrahedron otherwise known as vector equilibrium as coined by buckmeister fuller but buckminster fuller yeah yeah, yeah. I, he's just this geodesic dome He's this really weird. Did you know that he spent two years, a year or two years, not speaking until he could master the English language? So his wife had to communicate for him. I did, but how? If he wasn't speaking, did he master the English language? Like, don't you <laughs> have he to just, practice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, no. But he didn't speak, or or it was until he had something he could articulate his ideas with the words that would make the impact. Okay, but he he didn't speak. Like today, See, everything takes today everything I'm not good speaking. takes two years. Yeah. That's, I, fasting from words. Fasting, <laughs> from, fasting, words. From, fasting <laughs> from words. I, that, sometimes I do something there. I really feel like fasting from communication. Yeah. Sometimes. How long do you think it takes to start talking to yourself? <laughs> What's that? How much isolation before you start talking to yourself? Like, Oh, pretty quick. There, yeah. yeah, like Berkey talked about this on one of his survival trips. It was like two days and he was full on hallucinating because they're not allowed to talk on this like retreat. And he was just like full on talking to himself, talking to the trees. Like, <laughs> that's it. A couple I, days. I yeah. did Vipassana several years ago, you know, the 10 day silent meditation. Mm -hmm. And even though you're in a room with, or from my experiences, even though I'm in a, I'm physically sitting no more than three foot away from someone or, or, you know, 20 people in a room, you know, you have no verbal contact, you're not reading, you're not writing, there's no visual contact either. And, you know, 
I can only imagine it's like solitary confinement. It's it, yeah. even though you're in the presence of other people, not being able to communicate with them in any way, shape, or form. You know, the brain just starts. My brain <laughs> just went absolutely insane. On day two, it's, on, was on it day, day two? Okay. Day two, like, <laughs> like I just can't do it. I can't, I, can't, I cannot make it through another eight days. And yeah, you know, obviously you persevere, and you get to day seven, you're like, sure. I just can't, I can't make the next three days. But it was even in that environment, not being able to talk was uh, was remarkable. How so quickly do you, you spiral in your brain. Stay in this space the entire ten days. No, and they bring no, you food, or is it no, it's no, like no. you're in there eight hours a day, and the other sixteen you can. No, so you the way it works is that um, you met over the period of time from four thirty in the morning till nine thirty in the evening. Uh-huh. You do ten hours of meditation throughout that time period. Okay, but broken into blocks of say an hour or an hour and a half or two hours. Okay, uh, you sleep somewhere else, you dine somewhere else. Males and females mm-hmm. are split into two two areas mm-hmm. so you wake up you eat you meditate for a few hours you eat oh no sorry you wake up you meditate for a few hours you eat you meditate for several more hours you eat meditate for several more hours have a, a small snack meditate for several more hours and you do it for 10 days and it's still no eye contact no yeah lunch. no no contact whatsoever the only contact you have is with uh to turn the gurus wrong but you have you have like a Guide. Even a guide yeah a guide a guide at the front of the room that will check in with you every few days okay to make sure that you're not kind of spiraling down you know pretty badly yeah but other than that yeah it's just like no no contact whatsoever and nothing to stimulate the brain the whole idea is to shut yeah. down any uh, did you find it useful at that time actually that was between quitting my old, my old job and mm. you know Starting so, your new non-job, starting your fast. <laughs> fast yeah. Fasting on work. I did manage to come to the conclusion of finishing a seven-year relationship in that period of time. Interesting. So it was, it was uh, yeah, it was a, um, <laughs> it took me from one state to another. Yeah. So, so it kind of, you know, it worked in that, in that respect. It gave me the space to, to kind of come it, to those a, conclusions. Well, because it's a perspective shift when you, when you um, kind of fast from the normal input output yeah there was, and also there's no distractions you know yeah. i don't want to think about this this is too hard to think about all of a sudden you've got 10 10 days yeah. it's like yeah. you can't run away from it there's an amazing mm-hmm. documentary i don't know if it's on netflix anymore it's called dharma brothers and they took for passioner into the prisons down in the southern states of america mm. and they were getting phenomenal results with yeah. the prisoners that were completely changing their lives because they couldn't you know it's 10 days you have to yeah. think about what you've done you, you have to accept that you did it yeah. You know, there's no blaming of anyone else. It's like you are solely responsible for your experience. And they were they were getting tremendous changes uh, changes within the individuals. And then, of course, the local religious community found out about it and <laughs> managed to get it uh, taken out of the prisons because, you know, they were saying that it was a religious, a religious uh, thing. <sighs> exactly. <laughs> and that would be infringing on our religious thing, which we can't have in there or whatever. That, so wow. This is something when I grew up, I grew up, very strict Jehovah's Witness, which we've talked about a little bit uh, on this podcast quite a bit. But the the weird, I was very interested early on in like Eastern philosophy, like at an absurdly young age. I was like talking, like reading a little bit about transcendental meditation. And it was like one of the first times that I noticed that whatever my parents were into was bullshit because they were like, oh, you can't empty your mind because then the demons come in. And I was like, the fuck are you? <laughs> is it a rock demon? Like, I don't like, like, and then like, I wasn't, so they would talk about demonic possession 
and tell me how scary it is, but then they wouldn't allow me to play Dungeons Dragons where I learned to actually battle demons. So it was, it was, like, this, it, it was like this really quickly, it solidified that, okay, there's a really good interest in, in Eastern meditation. I don't know what drew me to it, but it was like, you know, for the next 10 years, it's really what I got involved into. And it pushed me away from the, the belief. And I never understood, because it is absolutely not religious to talk about mm. even transcendental meditation. Like there is no connotation towards no. anything spiritual other than your own spirit yourself and, and how you like your own, whatever you want to call it. And so that, that always kind of baffled me because the people that are most afraid of it are known. Like you have these like set beliefs in these structures and anything that might change that, that's what you're afraid. You're afraid of change, not necessarily a demon like you're afraid of transformation and in changing your beliefs and i guess what they know and this is what kind of baffles me is like i know if somebody sits for 10 days in silence with no interaction they will come out a different person and if i'm contingent on having that person buy what i'm selling i don't want that and therefore (laughs) why don't people recognize the fact that people don't want them to change and therefore change because we're all inherently rebellious to certain ideas because it takes a certain level it, it takes um critical thinking mm. you know you have to you have to be able to pull things apart and if you've not been taught to do that then you know and if you've not been taught that you're being distracted yeah <laughs> because yeah. you're too busy being distracted yeah then how can you come to the con- or how do you come to the conclusion of it you can be alone as well if you step mm. away from your beliefs you think mm. you know i'm in a room of you four and i'm like well i believe something else then mm. i'm on my own and people yeah. don't, and then you have to battle the demons of the self. Yeah. Then you go into a quiet room and don't speak. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, that's the demon. They and then it's like about deal now. with it. Yeah. Uh, but do you do you ever think in any situation uh, other than like I don't know a multiple personality disorder, a schizophrenic, you know, whatever? Do you think there's anything like I can't see any harm and get somebody to face their own brain in silence and disconnection and just. You know, no drugs involved, just just time by yourself. Because I think that's like one of the most... Well, it gives, I mean, it gives that's a freedom, rite of passage in, in indigenous cultures, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. say all, oh, I can't say that. But most. But most yeah, yeah, totality, absolutely. But yeah. yeah, going out and... Walk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. walk about, vision yeah. quest, etc., yep. etc. Interesting. Um, it gives I think freedom. It, I think it's, yeah, I think it's absolutely crucial to have that. Mm. However, you, however you find it, maybe it's going to the mountains, you know, yeah. and spending that time or... Or whether it's you know one of these practices, mm. actually being able to get some time with the self, and I think this goes back to like what's true, you know, what's mm-hmm. what's actually yours, what's not yours, you know. In, in your yeah. your example, it's like they were stories that were being fed onto you, but for some reason you had the the sense to be able to kind of pull them apart pretty early yeah. on. Most people don't even realize that they have stories, let alone have the desire to pull those stories apart and mm. to actually work out what's real, yeah. and then move through life with a sense of of truth and purpose, you know. Well, I, I guess it could be, uh, you got to acknowledge that it's terrifying to acknowledge that what you know, there's a big possibility that it's not true. Yeah. So our whole behavior is built on this guesswork. And if we were to find out that our guesswork was actually totally incorrect, it might unravel us. Then, then the world feels unstable and then we almost feel schizophrenic. But I, th- I think that's the purpose, right? That you're, everyone has an identity or several. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're, you know, these 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 tools, Vipassana, 
It's about pulling apart your identities. Mm. So it's like no longer are you the dogmatic person that says this is the way it has to be. Mm. Because actually there is no way it has to be. Mm. Unless you have that time to be able to pull that apart. And yeah, that's scary, but you know, it's coming to you sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, in one yeah. form or another, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think whether it's whether you face it early on as a young person or it's on your deathbed, it's it's going to be there. And especially in today's environment, because mm. like, is the world going to be the same as it is now in like 20 years? No fucking way. Mm. No. You know, the rate of change now is like, for, you know, it's it's faster than any other point in history. Oh, I think that's I think it's done. I think yeah. that we went through that period of great change and now we're we're good. We're, we're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty now sta- stabilized and. We well, got yeah. enough. We got enough plastic. Um, I think we don't. We're storing it in a gyre outside of San, San Diego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it's kind of hard to access, up there, but, yeah. but when we need it, it's there. We can yeah. go pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I think that the only constant being change is is something that people and that that becomes hard to deal with as a person who wants stability and I want um, I want to be able to predict the future or at least be pretty close. And so why do you want stability? Because you've been told you need stability from day one. Well, you've been told what stability is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a certain framework. You've not been told that stability is bad because actually to be stable is quite good. But yes, I can be stable on one leg. I can be stable on four. Yeah. Stability in individual means different things. Like you see it yesterday with people moving around like, oh, that person is unstable in that position. And that person, wow, how the fuck did they get stable? And that like you have inherent adaptability and if you adapt and you're autonomous your stability has a different definition than somebody else who's dependent on others to be stable so stability is true is uh what did you say you said mm. something adaptability adaptability yeah like that's real yeah. stability inherent yeah. adaptability yeah, yeah. Is right okay the truth of stability yeah and and then in which case we're talking about autonomy really the ability to function on your own without other people uh, or minimal influence. Yeah. And I think that's what people are really terrified of is, is figuring out how unautonomous they are. If that's Cause it's, it, you've got to have, it's, <laughs> it's it, I don't know if it's a word, but um, I got it. It's understandable. <laughs> it's understandable. Yes. <laughs> I think for a lot, that's like the self-responsibility. It's yeah. actually not that scary of a concept that you have to be responsible for yourself. Mm. But in the West, you know, you kind of got so many people to take care of shit, especially in the, especially in the UK. Right? It's, yeah very hard to hit rock bottom because you know you lose your job it's like well there's benefit systems you know mm-hmm. to to give you money for the month to give you you know housing etc etc and but multiplied throughout kind of society mm. there's, oh, there's no there's but no in a way that of, we've been told rock bottom's a different thing because mm-hmm. in a way if someone else is supporting you then you fucking hit rock bottom in yeah. that sense because you can't look after yourself sure I, we we tried to. This is not even a week ago. We're talking <laughs> so about the function of destitute. I lo- you know, everything goes south. I lose everything, and I have to go suck the government teat, so to speak. As a cock, for sure. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well that changes no, everything. Actually, because well, milk is an animal product, and we're oh. plant based now. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were planet based. <laughs> I fucking hate the term plant based. It's, it's, it's such a, a fucking lie. It's a total misconception. It's a. Yeah. I eat meat, but I don't really want you to think that I eat meat. But that comes down to money because someone's based their framework on something that they can sell to someone else, but they're just scared of the money not coming because they go, shit, if I don't identify with that, then I don't know how to 
then I can't adapt to earn money to mm. do this. So that feels. Like but the I think the majority, like we had had this discussion. I think that actually the majority of Americans yeah. who happen to be overweight and you know sixty six or no seventy percent now are classified as overweight or, or, or obese are on a plant based diet. Yeah. <laughs> Most of their calories come from plants, like bread, grain, corn, vegetable oil. Yeah, vegetable industrial seed oils. Like all of those are plants, and so logically. And it's just like just the presence of some meat yeah. in terms of low quality like, in most cases. But but even no, just the fact that it's present mm. it in a let's just say that ten percent of the calorie how do you I mean it depends on how you is it by weight, is it by caloric load, is it you know, whatever. Mm. Um what part of your diet is the meat? Well, the greater part is the plants mm-hmm. and the and the derivatives thereof. So but it seems like oh, just the presence of meat negates this idea that your diet is mostly you know plant based, mm-hmm. um, and I, I saw something earlier today. Someone uh, it was a social media post, you know, about that um, the game changer the plant and and uh, you know that this person said, I can't wait for this to come out because I'm about to go vegan and <laughs> and then Clay chimed in and said please don't please just read the omnivorous <laughs> dilemma first and you know don't you, you know don't buy into this propaganda and bull, yeah. you know and bullshit whatever vegetarian but, myth by Leah Keith is good there's a there's a, there's there, a host. did you guys ever um see the power of myth series by Joseph Campbell I've, well, I've read his. Yeah, is that, that that's the interview series, right? Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, I read I read the book and then watched the. the there's, there's a great yeah. there's a great passage in it where he's talking. They're talking about uh, in this episode. They're talking about animals. Mm-hmm. They're talking about indigenous relationship to animals and how they're revered higher than even humans. You know, mm-hmm. other humans. Um, but of course, they would eat the animals, mm-hmm. and they and the way that they worked that the way that they worked that out for themselves was that the, um, the physical body was was not the not the mm. was not the soul yeah and so they had a relationship with the animals where the animals would say to them if you can pay respect and pay ritual mm. to taking of my body then you can eat my meat then you can eat my body because mm. i am not my body and that was how they were able to Ethically, to not be yeah. plant-based yeah <laughs> yeah what you see in, uh, in native american cultures are yeah. very like there's a sacred tradition that goes down with a kill especially with like a buffalo run when they kill you know a thousand at a time or whatever there's this massive burial rite and harvesting of the meat and not wasting anything yeah. to pay attention to that, that yeah I, if you've ever hunted or like killed anything that there is a there's such a directness there that you have to acknowledge like life taking and you have to mm. organize something in there that makes it okay for you to do without just being a pure psychopath that's in into murdering things that and i think like one of the biggest pushes for a quote-unquote plant-based diet is because now that we're so separated from food there is no acknowledgement so we do functionally just think that psychopaths murder things and eat them because we're just pulling it out of cellophane and we're not the the hand of murder we're just the consumer of murder um and if we went back you know not back but we moved forward into a place where you were responsible for your food and where it comes from and you saw it face first there'd be a lot more respect there i have no problem with like a requirement to say hey if you want to eat meat you have to kill it yourself mm. like that's a very respectful thing be very do. healthy for everyone to get for sure emotionally especially yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all meals or 
Is it just like a mandatory experience that you have to have? I think man, man, a mandatory experience. I, th- for sure. I think, yeah, yeah that's yeah. my, my all to meals get my license. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need exactly. to pass a test. <laughs> For, for sure. And maybe that maybe that's to get, yeah, you want a plant-based diet, awesome. Go down that road and find out where that goes because it's not functionally anywhere good. I mean, we I had this huge fucking argument with a PT in London a, a couple of years ago because they posted. Um, uh, is this an in-person argument? No, this is over Facebook for sure. Um <laughs> It's a, good, it's a good forum for that. It's a great forum for logical discussion that can't possibly be misinterpreted. Um, this was really fun for me because I didn't really like the person. This is like some catharsis coming out. And so they posted about this new document uh, documentary that was talking about a plant-based diet being the most nutritious diet and how it's really good that we're moving away from meat because now people could be healthier. And all I said was, please show your math. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see numbers. And they came back with like the nutrient quality of a salad and versus that of like a piece of chicken. And I was like, great. This is exactly what I thought you would say. So you're you're telling me that the majority of your calories come from vegetables and plant matter like vegetables that are, you know, pretty nutritious um, you're saying that that's it. It's not the salad dressing, the nuts, the seeds that are on it, the dried cranberries, the dried fruits, the it's, rice. That's it's mixed not the in. yeah, the quinoa, the <laughs> rice, the grain. That's basically the side, the beans. You're saying that it's the salad, and they're like, well, blah, blah. and it was like, no, like deal with this part, and then we can move on to the next. And you just can't. People can't functionally deal with like the fact that ah shit, I, I think I, I think I fucked up. Instead, it's double down. Yeah. Instead, it's like, well, it's killing this and it's off-gassing and now climate change. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody said anything about that, although we can get to that later because that's a really easy subject. It makes up less than 3% of pollution for greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a child, just fucking kill yourself because that's you're, you're talking about an amount of waste by having a child that is unquestioningly worse than driving a Hummer, eating nothing but red meat and dumping your garbage on the ground. Like you're just like, you're just inherently being more wasteful just by having one child. I don't have that. So I leave my Hummer running in the parking lot of Whole Foods and I eat nothing but red meat. (laughs) And I'm still less wasteful than your brat. So my question there is, um, did they must have widened the lines in the Whole Foods parking lot for you to be able to park your Hummer no. in there? Because halfway through a handicap. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So, so it's true. You are that guy. <laughs> I did drive a Hummer for a while. I never did anything like that. And the gas mileage wasn't as bad as people think. The manual transmission or automatic? It was manual. See, that is tactically unsound. Mm. Because it's, hard to, shoot, no, it's yeah. hard to shoot and shift and drive at the same yeah. time. See, like that's why the automatic transmission in the Hummer is king. Yeah, for you, sure. You do need to swap that engine out because it's fairly underpowered for how much that thing weighs. Weighs. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good setup. Okay, so back to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say back to... Um, back to vasectomies is the solution to save the planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Robert Grant. Uh, so here's one of his posts, because I, <laughs> I just want to read this, just so you yeah, can yeah, get yeah. an idea of like my brain exploding when I read this shit. I'm like, I, I'm a fucking moron. An exploration unifying the vector equilibrium, fractal roots of integers, mathematical constants, time, the flower of life, the tube torus, and the icocyte trigon 
all appear to converge around the number 24. The vector equilibrium has 24 edges. The flower of life has 24 perimeter circles. The tube torus is 24 circles. The mathematical constants have a relationship through 1x analysis to 24. 24 is the sine-cosine sine, relationship of numbers themselves. Combines the sexadecimal counting system and harmonics in fourfold symmetry and appears to hold space-time itself in perfect balance. Each fundamental math constant represents a vertex in different perspectives of the cube of octahedron, vector equilibrium. Hashtag vector equilibrium, hashtag fractal roots, fractal integers, mathematics, geometry, sacred geometry, universal dynamics. Wow. I wonder if you click on one of those hashtags, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> like, does it only refer back to his feed? Or there's 3,000 posts under vector equilibrium. Must be a brand. <laughs> I don't even like I I have no I, I don't even have enough time to figure out what the fuck that is yeah. <laughs> a lot, I got really hungry for some reason <laughs> listening to that I don't know why so it's the I could, I need sexy a, decimal tetrahedron okay that's really it's just like egg, or I might have gotten thirsty and just decided that a 24 pack is probably in my future well like, I, and this is what okay there's there's or people, four six packs i mean of different you know to, to put it in context of what we're actually talking about there's people that are you know arguing about the you know benefits of a plant-based diet and then there's people doing this and you got to think like one is probably useful <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks because I'm part of the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would be cool to not be a part of that, but <laughs> but I I think it it's inevitable to be a part of that. Just because of my intelligence, like I have to be. <laughs> I'm, admittedly, yes. No, I think it's. Uh, I, I was um, thinking that it's inevitable to be to fall on the side of someone who's arguing about what to fucking eat. But yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, because it's it's. I think that's the easiest trap to fall into, mm. um, for for people to like. Um, Decide one way or the you know get dogmatic about something one mm -hmm. way one way or the other, um, and it's and therefore it's easy uh, if you believe in a different thing or you just want somebody to ask questions. Uh, it's hard not to pile on once you see them dogmatically you know pounding their yeah, you know, yeah. fist or finger or. It would be the saddest thing if you do if, so that you don't point. What is that gesture called? Where yeah, the yeah, thumb the, is in the joint of the forefinger. It's the politician non-aggressive pointing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're pointing at me with your thumb for fuck's sake. Yeah, no. which is <laughs> kind of a thumbs up, but it, almost a no, but no thumbs up. No thumbs up, yeah. I think it would be the saddest thing if, if, if the, I guess the, um, the pinnacle of my existence was talking people into shit that I believed. And I think most people <laughs> exist just to do that. Their whole like as long as they can get other people to agree with what they already believe, it validates all of their police. There's like that that's that seems like such a waste. When in reality I think the opposite should be true. It should be, you know it should be getting other people to change your mind. Like, what do you think? How do you think and then arguing it because I obviously disagree. Um, but I would like to be proven wrong, and I have been multiple times. It's been some of the best experiences is being able to change your mind about something. Mm. Do you think these are uh, innate states of being or, or learned states of being? 
and as a follow-on to that <clears throat> if their learned states are being then what should be the real learned states mm. <sighs> well let's see I'm gonna have to edit that pause out. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's an thinking. But but I, I I don't think they're innate. I think they are learned. But that doesn't. So there's my answer. I don't for the follow-on question. I don't like what should those learned states be, or are there principles? Mm-hmm. Are there principles that you know rather? So for example, take education. It's like you get a mm-hmm. you get a school to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's it. Like you go to school and you learn how to repeat mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and learn how to me- uh, you know memorize things yeah which is obviously doesn't work it, which is something which is not learning which yeah. is what mm. somebody else thought was important rehearsing. yeah right yeah. so so as opposed to that let's free up 16 years of someone's life mm-hmm. <laughs> from 5 to 20 like what should what are the things that should replace you know that time like l- learning mm-hmm. to you know uh, destroy l- learning to destroy your own you know opinions for example or, yeah, yeah but if you if if you most of those opinions are formed between ages of five no, and 20 <laughs> so you, you got nothing to destroy if you can well, yeah, just take, take away those the you know this this very structured influence on people and, and and because those you know the belief systems yeah they do say that you know that there's a certain developmental age when you learn values from your parents and mm-hmm. the, the examples around you but i but I think the the vehement opinions all come later. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> how 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 soon do you think they do come? I, I mean, I, there's some child psychologists out there that probably knows at what. I mean, because they can determine at what age people are good at learning languages, what age they can pick up mathematic concepts better. I, I think like there's some really good um, data on developing children, and like basically from five, I think it's to fifteen they determined that that age should not be graded. There should be absolutely no hierarchy um, or placement of uh, in between your peers. It should be um, a free learning area where there's subjects that you could learn about if you're interested, but mostly it's about finding out what you're interested in. And if you foster that curiosity and teach some stuff in between, like, oh, you should know how to read, right? Because it makes learning functional but not forcing down the path of you need to learn geometry at this age. And in this age, you need to learn this because there is no purpose to learn it. And what they absolutely fundamentally know is that people are unable to learn the thing that they don't want to learn. Like you were, you can't teach somebody. They have to learn it. Like there is no such thing as like, I taught that person. No, they learned it. You just guided them through the sequence. So when we, when we determine that somebody is a teacher, we're basically just saying they're they're telling a kid what to remember. They're a good, they're, or or if they're a genuine teacher, mm-hmm. they're a, they're a good communicator. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. A yes. good questioner usually is like they ask better questions, which gets the kid to go, "Oh, that's a better question," or you know, they they take them down the path, but they don't do it for them, and so that I think there's fundamentally it's going to have to change at some point. But it won't because we're so comfortable. So I, I think comfort is the dissuader of all progress. Like as, as long as you're comfortable, you're not going to feel the heat. You're not going to yeah. feel the cold. Mm. You're not going to feel the elements that make humans move for hundreds of thousands of years, which is, fuck, it's getting cold. We got to build some fire. And then 
God damn, it's hot. We got to like get to a different climate. And like, man, I'm really hungry. I, let's figure out a better way to we, harvest we've food. We've eaten everything there is to eat here. Yeah. We should migrate. And, and now it's fast. That's yeah. what you do. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah. fast. And now it's a, really a function of comfort where people are um, kind of myopic about their belief system because, you know, the elements make you change your beliefs. <laughs> I, I, when we were speaking um, with Uri the other day about disrupting or, you know, looking elsewhere, you know, changing one's behavior, let's say, and you could call it looking outside the box, you could call it, you know, trying something different or, or and, um, and, and he had written something, he sent it to, to me afterwards. And, uh, and, and one of the things I think that when we talk to people about change or trying different things, um, you, the, the natural tendency is to is to think that the reason people don't do it is because they are afraid of what's in front of them. They are afraid of the unknown thing, mm. and they are afraid of the risk that might be involved with change. But the only reason that you would be fearful of that is because you're acting from a you're uh, starting from a state of comfort. Mm-hmm. You're starting from a state, and what and that could be psychological, and it, or it could be physical. So is that a state but, of fear? Comfort, um, you're comfortable so it's just no you you're, you're comfortable you're comfortable therefore don't want to change and so the the fear of change mm-hmm. right isn't a fear of the unknown thing out there it's a fear of leaving yeah. the condition that you have come to accept whether it's um uh you know whether that that, that condition is productive or you know fulfilling mm-hmm. or whatever or not you you we we become com- we can become comfortable with fairly uncomfortable things or, mm-hmm. or conditions and 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 um and, and you know profess to want to change like oh and that because it's it, i think there's a better way mm-hmm. or i think there's a different way but it is uh, um but it's it, it i i think there's a greater weight that comes from the you know the fear of you know leaving the current condition than the fear of that unknown thing or the risk of you know losing x y or z but if you're fear of losing it's okay well the, i perceive myself to be in the condition of having something mm-hmm. to lose mm-hmm. and um it, it, anyway i i think we're the, the my point with him was i think people need to be more conscious of you know, the relationship they have to their current condition, to comfort, to routine, to the known, um, before they could actually open their eyes to, you know, maybe step away from that. Hmm. Having awareness of one situation, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you go to a grocery store in St. George in the middle of the day and... (laughs) <laughs> Nobody. Fuck your penis is going to be funny. Yeah. Oh <laughs> and there's a 400 pound guy with six kids that are like throwing temper tantrums while he's trying to pick out the cheapest form of food to feed his brats. And you're like, what the f-? like this is what 70 percent of the population is. It's literally just existing to exist. And they're just like, oh, I'm here and I'm hungry and my fucking kids won't shut up and I can't not fuck this thing that I call the wife or whatever. And I can't protect against having more kids because it's against my religious belief or whatever the thing is. And like, and so now due to my economic reality, I am faced with, you know, the, 
some some choices that I would rather not have you know have, have to make. But if the if the reality is there's a finite budget, and you know I keep making more mouths to feed, mm-hmm. well the 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 quality of the food that those my children are going to get is not really setting themselves up to behave differently in the future. Do you think they even think like that? No, well, they've just disconnected those no bits. There's no thinking. And I don't just, think that, that's, it, that's, that's what the, I'm that's, saying. But there's no that, awareness, and that's my point. Yeah, kind yeah, of going yeah, back of like, yeah, so yeah. what is it that people need to be? You know, what are the foundation years? You know, what what exists in those foundation years that stop that from happening? Not to say that it's bad because everyone's life is just that's their life. They get, sure, they yeah, get to choose, but yeah. but what's the foundation that that brings them awareness of that scenario? So actually, the scenario never. I do like two semesters. On how to look in the mirror, yeah, like accurate d- self reflection should be a, a required course. I think that's like yeah. the, the one of the most fundamental courses mm-hmm. for sure is to is to understand who I am and how um, what I do change. You know, can influence who. But some who, people who, who would. I am and the characteristics that I'm, you know, developing lo- and reinforcing. A large part of this country would raise concerns because mirrors are against their religion. We can, they can live, uh, maybe there's a compound, like a state, an entire state, could be a large compound, where those individuals can live and not reflect themselves. It's called Alabama. You know, that's where I was headed. I was just hoping I could tease it out of you. But Wait, are you serious? There's... uh, there is a, a segment of religious belief where the mirror is like a bad thing. There's aboriginals that I think. Um, well, that's just because it's scary. I think it, they <laughs> think it traps their soul or something. I, I have no idea. That's I a, mean, that's some, a camera. That's a camera. Oh, I, got, right. I got my soul trapper right here. There's, there's, a, cameras, <laughs> there's a mirror involved in that, though. So no, That's a mirrorless camera. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. So <laughs> aboriginals might like that. I'm kind of facetious, but I'm also kind of it always it, it's depressing i mean when i there i have a picture of the the 400 pound guy with kids yeah, no i saw it right? yeah that, and then that's yeah. when i saw that i was just like ah, fuck. i'm talking about philosophy this guy is just trying to fuck like and breed more and like have a good he's just trying to feel better by eating whatever brand of salami he could afford maybe, maybe I, he's not even like that he's just not even aware of it like it's happening anyway it, it's just how it is yeah. so just forget about it I, I think that's uh, but you'd have to like, forget about 70% of the population or something absurdly high right there, there, well there's only going to be more of us so it doesn't really matter it's our true. numbers will go up there's, theirs will go up even more the right, 70% so, uh, but but, and I, I agree with you and I, but I, I, I get a little bit worried that like concepts that we're talking about changing education and changing like what should we change when in reality you can't change anybody they need yeah. to change themselves mm-hmm. And, and this whole like, what you there can should do be children left behind is like, introduce new experiences. Mm. You know, in, in we I was at a yoga workshop, an Ashtanga yoga workshop, mm. and and the teacher said the the function of primary series is to strip the body of all strength. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't like not being strong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like really <laughs> uncomfortable yeah. because. And I'm probably weaker than I've ever been. And I'm like, okay, let's just see where this goes. Incredibly uncomfortable. Mm. But I've no idea what's going to happen. But it's a really interesting process because I've got to drop 
the things that I enjoy doing for ego and vanity mm -hmm. and go to this place where I'm like, oh. And I can choose to step out of it, but I'm like, okay, I'm far enough down this road to see where it's going to take me. And at any point I can step off. And you can, but you could also recover the strength that you're mm -hmm. giving up yeah. because mm -hmm. you do have some control over, yeah. you know, what you, what you do mm -hmm. and what you uh, yeah. ex experience. And then actually being mm -hmm. in devil's yoga yesterday mm -hmm. and you were talking about contraction, I was like, ah, if I apply that into this, mm -hmm. I don't have to become a skinny vegetarian yogi. Mm -hmm. I can still bring in that in every you know, posture, be, have more awareness mm -hmm. into what I'm doing. Therefore, be ready when I go forward to bring back the strength that I've not just lost it. And mm -hmm. I think that disconnection in awareness, you could just end up, oh, well, I'm just, I'm a yogi now. So all I do is fold forward all. And so the, so, so the answer is increased flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If yeah. that's my point of view, if that's, you know, the, the condition I'm in or the, the how I begin to identify um, my, you know, myself or that that becomes, you know, the activity informs my identity, then um, the activity or the, the, the outcome of that activity is always the answer to it. it, it it's the answer we apply to every problem. Yeah. It's the hmm. you know, age old thing. If you've got a hammer, well. So this for me, there's yeah. quite there's something quite cool about the rigidity of these Mm. religions ashtanga yeah. crossfit yeah. etc to move through navigate through them take a little bit i don't have to make my own because it would just be a part of everything else yeah but you go on those well that would be a very bruce lee my style is no style yeah i mean but but that doesn't that but uh, you can still then go into something and enjoy it mm -hmm. for what it is and leave it rather than being this is what i identify with sure this is me yeah. And then but, there are two think, types of people. But I, but I think that's part of it, you know, part of sort of fitting in. It's a, it's a follower mentality in a way that, that oh, if I start doing this thing, um, I will be told what to do. And therefore, I don't have to think. I mean, it was, we were, mm -hmm. uh, this was a conversation with Vince you know, some, a month ago or something. And mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he, he was just like, wow, I've never... I never questioned, like I've, I've never examined why I think what I think. <laughs> and I sat at my, I like, I think my mouth was open for a considerable amount of time, like <laughs> with nothing coming out. Like, well, okay, that's why there's so much available for me to overthink about why I think <laughs> and what other people like. I was doing it for you for like the last 40 years. Yeah. Probably about, you know, probably a large portion of the uh, <laughs> other population as well. But potentially, yeah, potentially so. But to have it vocalized and to see him like reach that realization, mm -hmm. you go, okay, well, I guess there, it is a fairly common thing to for no self-examination to be occurring. Yeah. Too too common it, for, I don't know for this kind of hence the two semesters of you know mirror yeah, yeah. like you know or you know different things that you know that can be proxies for a mirror. But but it's teach tough. Us about ourselves. I guess or, the the whole premise is it's, it's tough for me. Like the only thing you really can work on is yourself, and then put yourself in an environment that helps foster that, and then everybody else is kind of a loss. I think mm. like you you kind of have to be okay with a lot of the loss. 
and I, the trouble is like I, I think it's a function of empathy where we're like no we want to help like I want people I want people to go oh wow I've never done that and then watch them change to being somebody who I want to now be around because they've changed into something that's useful for me to reflect on because oh wow he changed like am I still changing or am I just stuck so you you constantly need it's like a fine balancing tool of uh, I need to be around people that foster me to change in the right direction. And in order to influx new personality, we need to ever, you know, every once in a while reach out and bring somebody in and see if they can't change in the manner that supports that system. Or leave the group that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And and go to a new group. People to do. Yeah. Yeah. But they come to the same place every day and get out of their comfort zone and suffer. It's like, but you use that machine every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's... um. Oh, I forget. There's a term for that, but I think it's called CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this works now. We, yeah. we can, yeah. <laughs> so you could just lead him to something, and then it's just like, okay, he'll just, you know, he'll just, he'll just damn himself. Um, and, and you got to think, but it is useful. Like, I, I, like CrossFit gets people to do really hard things that they wouldn't normally do. Like, it is a, you know, it's a, it's a poke in the right direction. Um, just like I think religion is a poke in in some cases in the right direction to start thinking about you know your group and what you believe and what gets you to do better things. I just couldn't do it because of Fridays. <laughs> well, then you make a new one. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's the whole fish. I just don't want to like fish. Yeah, well, and isn't that a thing on Fridays? The transubstantiation really bothered me. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not a fucking zombie. I'm not going to eat somebody's flesh. But but the, the transubstantiation happens with animal as well, doesn't it? Like if we go back to the conversation we were having about the the you know the the separation of you know the uh, when the animal is not mm. the spirit, you're not eating this. The, but I'm for sure the, eating the flesh, which is not abstracted by a cracker or wine. Yeah, well, he ran out of that guy's flesh. <laughs> like so I mean, many they, people can you ordered imagine? a little, a little flesh. Can, can you imagine? And, like this is the body of Christ. Just, it's a T-bone steak. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, like, <laughs> just like, man, his thick femurs. <laughs> Did he work out? He must have squat. His bone density was on point. Yeah, for middle era, Middle East. You know, according to the URL that we bought, he, Jesus was jacked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that URL leads anymore, but it, I think it led somewhere at some point. I mean, can you imagine if he wasn't? It just wouldn't be the same effect. Like if you didn't. Well, if, no, if if he was truly jacked, and I think we've made the joke before, we would have gotten that cross up that hill a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to make a run at every Christian listener to get them to fucking, you know, steamroll a little bit. It's good. You're challenging them. Have to think for themselves. I'd like to do that. I mean, we do that in here sometimes because we have some Mormon fellows that come in and they're great people. And every once in a while, I'll just make a, a comment about something that I don't want them to change. It's great if it, like, mostly it's a family thing. But every once in a while, I'm like, you know, in the celestial kingdom, you get to be a god of your own planet. Doesn't that make your religion polytheism? All right, and today's workout. <laughs> Again, it's back to the the like. I just like to maybe because I I want somebody to do it to me too. Like, you have this view, and Chris Warden did it to me quite a few. He's oh, like, good. 
Yeah, he's just like it's see you're you're speaking in faith in terms of faith. Yeah. It, when we speak about certain things and I was like, "Well, I don't think you can get away from it." Like I there's always going to be a gap that you have to bridge with faith, whether you're talking about the big bang theory and the, you know, first super condensed molecule or whatever, or you're talking about um I don't know a, a, an idea that fitness is applicable to people like there's going to be a gap where you're like i think this works and it's based off of a hope <laughs> that i have uh, so i think you always come down to that but he really Wait, brought it's up not science <laughs> well science yeah there, i mean there's it's an, not evidence-based there okay so faith in math is really easy to there's a faith that um you know according to limits at 0.999 repeating is equal to one Although if I ask you that question, like is 0.999 repeating equal to one, you'd be like, no, one is equal to one. But it's not because 0.3 repeating is equal to one third times three is equal to one. So it has to, for algebra and math to work, there has to be a faith where I go 0.9 repeating is equal to one according to term limits. But is two, two? It should be. But okay. I don't know because I have faith in the system. <laughs> but you never had to know because you just accepted it. Exactly, which yeah. is what most faith-based systems are, just acceptance. And um, I, I think this is a little bit different where it postulates its own weakness. It shows you up front. Like it's saying, it, it's it's the equivalent to being like, hey guys, like there's the devil and then there's God. And they are eternal enemies. But when you piss off God, the devil helps God by punishing you for eternity, which doesn't make any sense. No, <laughs> that is mathematically unsound. So we, <laughs> we hide that in religion, but in math, they're up front and center. Hey, guys, look at this really weird thing. This is, These does, are opposites, but... Yeah, this is not. this should not work. But if it doesn't work, then the universe doesn't work. So we need to just have faith that this is yes this is equal to one and now we can go about our day the Do, same thing is true of dark matter and and why airplanes stay in the air yeah yeah because we all believe in aerodynamic lift yeah i have faith yeah <laughs> i mean it, you can show certain things and prove i guess proof is a weird it was a weird term so there is some faith-based conjecture that has to go on in order to just be a human because we don't know everything. get up every day yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, there's like... no way we could know everything right there's no functional way and th th that robert grant guy is really good about uh, pointing some of this stuff out because he's a fundamentally a genius when it comes to quantum physics and mathematics and geometry and trigonometry all these things he is he has sound mind, mm. but it brings him to a place of almost spirituality where he, isn't that the same with all. Yeah. Einstein, was, was Einstein the same? Um, don't quote me on that. Close. I mean, uh, uh, well, they just can't, they can't work out. They can't, like you just said, they can't get to the final thing. Yeah. Francis Crick is a good example. Uh, the guy who basically discovered the double helix and DNA, and then he got into consciousness and like his last, his last 20 years of his life, he just tried to figure out what consciousness was um, with a, I can't remember the other guy that he was working with, but um, he never could. He, he couldn't, and he could, he could function. Absolutely. There is no God. There is this, there's, and he, he, he would have to bridge these gaps and he would make all these uh, assertions. But in the end, he was like, I can't figure it out. Like I can't, it's not there. And so he had these other ideas that were really interesting that most people don't want to listen to because he's 
a functional genius that has different ideas than the mainstream. But he he'd basically say uh, the idea that humans evolved on Earth is completely bunk, or that life evolved from nothing on Earth is completely bunk. The timeline doesn't allow for it. He he believes uh, that aliens planted it, you know, or they you know there was a gestation period on some other planet or form of life. And We're it, a garden. <laughs> it's possible i mean clearly we should be i mean if if we were planted and we we're a garden then if we eat each other it's plant-based so we all came from the I, same single-celled I, organism and evolution spurred on multi-celled and an amoebas and fungus and plants and plants became Animals well, then it's incest, in well, no matter what. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, in fact, I mean, you know, how the, many variations? That was we, my thing with the Noah's Ark was just like, you really think that like we're all products of incest? Like after the flood, there was just Noah's family, right? Like mom's looking hot for sure. It's just like it has to be a function of incest. There's no other family and all the Nephilim are destroyed. So I can't just fuck a half angel, half demon thing. So I have to look at Big Sis. The flood got to them too, huh? <laughs> well, that's what it was for, right? Like, <laughs> well, it didn't take two of them in the ark. Yeah, because uh, that would have been mayhem, right? But for sure, they'd be down in the rec room. This is a useful <laughs> lower deck. This, like, functionally, this is a useful um, thought experiment of imagine, you know, take what we know about evolution and branch that out, and really consider the fact that we all come from the same thing. Like we literally come from the same process and eventually we're just products of this planet, which we don't deem as living, but it is right. The whole thing is moving and generating life based off of what this star that's closest to us helps us um, get. And if you think about things like that, you start to treat the world differently because you're starting to, you're part of it. And so that was, that was a big shift in my idea of being like a very materialistic person as in like, God oh, doesn't exist unless you can show, you know, through science that it's this. And that was a big shift just in my thought pattern of being like, oh, fuck, we missed something. Or but I missed if something. It, but if it up. got created, then there's no reason to look after it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, somebody else will take care of yeah, it. Yeah. Somebody else will shake the etch a sketch and yeah. it'll all go back to zero. And and, and, the, and the you know the four hundred pound guy with six kids who he created functionally isn't thinking that he is part of it. He's just here temporarily, and that this is one of the things that always bothered me with truly religious people is like, if you think that it's better after, why are you sad when somebody goes there? Like, why is there yeah. any sadness? You should be fucking celebrating. And if you think. That it's better there. Get there faster. Get yeah. there. <laughs> yes. Which is why he's 400 pounds. Because yeah. that's, <laughs> that's a slow way to go, though, isn't it? Or a smoker yeah. or a, you know, yeah. whatever. He's just making it a, a, so much worse for himself here <laughs> that it's going to be that much better when he gets there. Yeah. And, and I, I know, like, <laughs> it sounds, I, I understand it sounds like. It's a bigger like, leap of faith at 400 pounds. <laughs> well, you, you to yeah, get, you it's going to be a lot of fasting in the afterlife. He wants to make sure he's prepared. Yeah. I, I know I don't want it to sound I mean, like the gravitational force of the rapture must be, must be <laughs> like, because just think of all the, the weight that has to get moved. Do you think that Robert Grant guy has something about the gravitational force of <laughs> the mathematics worked out of a rapture of the rapture? Like I want it. How are they going to get me out of my car? 
Like, do I, am I gonna go through the window, or is, <laughs> or am I gonna sort of dematerialize and get like out through the roof, like Star Trek style, exactly, yeah, yeah. like the transporter. And what would happen if you kind of got mixed in with somebody else's? It'd be uh, weird. It'd be super weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so on like that. you're dematerialized when you cross, you know, right. paths or share space with somebody else that is also dematerialized. Yeah. Is there just like, okay, me, not me, me, not me, me, not like how long does it take to unfuck that? Like but, stew, but this, this so that you rematerialize where you're going as you. This really fucked with me because there is a thought experiment that goes along with that when we're talking about consciousness, which is you know the identity thing, and this is where it goes away really quickly. So like if you know we have the technology to exchange one cell at a time, one DNA strand, whatever you want to call it, we'll just call it one atom at a time, so we get to the bottom of it. And I exchange with James one at a time, one at a time. At what point? Would I not be me and you would not be you? Functionally, if it's a materialistic thing, at some point there would be like, yep, now you're definitely me and I'm definitely you in exchange. Well, would it be 99% or would it be like 51? I mean, it's definitely not 49. For sure not 49. (laughs) (laughs) That that really like breaks my brain in the fact and like, man, there was really not one thing that is me. I'm just a collection of of matter. Yeah. And then, but I identify as it because for the system to work correctly, I have to, I have to treat it like a me. Yeah. Otherwise I won't take care of me. And maybe that is functionally the difference between a lot of the population and people who are thinking about this stuff is they don't see, they, they still just logically see themselves as a me that has an identity that needs to. There's a disconnection from the, uh, from the ecosystem. Yeah. So you see it as singular as opposed to everything's connected. Yeah, and this has to do, uh, there's this really great philosopher that I stumbled on that is fucking phenomenal, Gebser, Gene Gebser. Changed his name um, in the height of World War One, so he could get away from it all. But he was corresponding with Heisenberg and Picasso and he was putting things together with art and physics and math and basically these really, uh, for some reason, he just had open access to some of the best thinkers of the early 20th century. And he put together this tome that's like a 1,500-page philosophy book that talks about the human philosophy and how we've changed our perspective over time. Um, he, he says that basically art reflects this. So in original cave paintings, um, how you look at them is flat and two-dimensional. It's unperspectival is what he calls it because you would want the group to see it together. So you look at the cave paintings in Pershmeril, and wherever you stand, it looks the same. It's from a, a, a unified perspective because humans organized as a unit then, like they were um, a, you know, basically a group entity that functioned independent as one organism. You needed the, per, you needed the women to do certain things and the men to do certain things and you were dependent on them. And that's why we developed the need to be needed, mm. right? And so somewhere um, that became, we, we became sustainable enough and functioned food enough to separate the ego from the group mentality. And you see it reflected in paintings. So somewhere around the Renaissance, although it happened in Greek uh, philosophy, where the individual was born. Now I am a person away from the group. I am an I as opposed to a group. And for the first time you saw a painting where if you didn't, when you don't stare at it from a, a, the, the point of view of the, the painter, 
you couldn't see the perspective correctly. So the lines allowed a picture to depict that the only person that could depict the picture like this is a self. One person saw the world like this. And that's how we've come into this age is as the perspectival world. We see it from my perspective. The world only exists from how I see it, not how the group sees it. And therefore, we treat it like that. Everything is based on free will, the will of myself, what I can do as an individual. It's all very individualistic. Uh, my survival is based off of what I'm willing to do, not what the group is supporting to do. And you could have just said that, you know, shortcut and just said, it's me, me, me. <laughs> it's me too. It's yeah. <laughs> and, and what he purports is like, basically by the end of this is like the, the progression forward philosophically for the human being is actually to blend the two worlds, not to go back in time and try to reconcile them, but to move to the a perspective all world, which is the need for both the need for group and the ability to be a self in a group. And so Functionally, I think I think that works. Although I don't know what that looks like because I'm not smarter than him, and he couldn't answer it either. <laughs> like, but that, it was a, it was a good. I, I I think it went mostly unnoticed. Um, the book is very unknown, but it's like it's a phenomenal work of mm -hmm. art. What was that guy called? Uh, Gene Gepser. Yeah. He's, it's definitely worth it. There's some people that will just, so you don't have to read his big thing. There's some people that kind of highlight it. Good. Uh, cliff notes of sorts. I was going to say 1,500 pages. Yeah. It's rough to get through. I'm not uh, all the way through it, but it yeah. is it is so deep. It's going to take me probably a year to get through that book because I can read maybe two pages and I'm like, oh, fuck. It's oh, a lot of information. <laughs> it's like it's one of those. It's not, it's not an easy read, but I think it has been really useful, um, especially coming online with talking about how this whole thing kind of works together. It's, it's, it's something different. I don't know. Sorry to ruin it with the book bore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still curious. All right on. Okay, so <laughs> I just leave that open ended. Yeah. But but something about which I'm curious, and because I I wasn't satisfied with the answer that you guys gave yesterday. Oh, what's next? Maybe a physical space for what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Don't know what that looked like. Um, we've always talked about ourselves as being like kind of uh explorers not identifying with anything but mm -hmm. going into groups and then just bringing things back and mm -hmm. going meet these people meet these people meet mm -hmm. these people so that might be what the space looks like yeah is it a similar oh, it's a coffee shop That's what yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that you could do various but, things in yes mm. Yeah, something, a, 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 a multi-purpose yeah. sort of space, if you will. I would be most interested to see what how people respond. Well, they probably react to constantly changing things. Yeah. And then that reminds me of the brief we gave our design team, which was I want people to pick it up and have no idea what it is, but they like it. And then there's a curiosity and a bit of uncertainty. And then they've got to take a leap of faith. So maybe that's what we're doing next. I don't know. Okay. I, I, it, it's true. So there was the 90 minute beep that no one out except us in the <laughs> thing would hear. Um, uh, I think that is absolutely the case with the magazine slash book. Mm -hmm. uh, when issue two arrived and I picked it up, I'm just, it was just like, I, what, what is this? Mm -hmm. And then 
flipping through number one yesterday and again last night, it was, I can't, you know, I was still unable to answer the question, (laughs) which is a, it's a fantastic thing in the, in the sense of, man, if I'm okay with a condition of no title, yeah, then it's more possible to become something different. Yeah, yeah, no label. Yeah, and, and we had no that. Labels, no, boundaries. no labels, no boundaries. That <laughs> it's was written it. on the side of the uh, magazine. Yeah, that was the thing. Which yeah. is hard. Is it hard for people? I guess we were. Yes. You know, I never identified myself as a climber, but I climbed. Okay. And then when I went to CrossFit, they thought I was an ultra runner. And yeah. when I went to my running club, they thought yeah. I was a CrossFitter. And yeah. I was like, I'm just me. Yeah. I have diverse interests and I happen to be focused yeah. on this particular thing right yeah. now. The reason that people at CrossFit thought you were an ultra runner is because you weren't good at CrossFit. And the reason that the <laughs> ultra runners thought you were a CrossFitter is because you weren't great at ultra. Isn't that how that goes? Yeah. Maybe. Like, you must be, you must do something else because surely please don't identify as this. Because do you realize how bad you are at this? Like, like I'd hate to put an adjective in front of, you know, ultra runner, but you know, I do need to differentiate you from, yeah. you know, other ultra, you know, or whatever, yeah. like the the, the 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 thing is, and 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 Michael and I certainly struggle with, like, you know, what is it that you guys do? What is it? How can you, you know, what's the box? And I'm just like, ah, it's just easier to say, yeah, media company, publishing, you know, whatever, because then nobody wants to talk about that. Because everybody like, goes, oh, uh, why do you have a gym? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's always, but people love category. I mean, it's yeah. how I. No, it's lit- shorthand. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. how we need those boxes yeah. in order to keep the closet organized. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, I like your guys' idea toward driving curiosity. Like, yeah. I think that's a big thing. If people can't figure something out, they tend to look at it twice. Hmm. That might just like, like, oh, we're a gym. They're like, oh yeah, cool. I know what that yeah, is. Yeah, and we always thought, or not look at it at all. But then. Yeah. No one doesn't want to be on the outside of the great party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like and, and that would become we I've always wanted the people that didn't want to like what we do to create the, our own structure. Because mm-hmm. we just then move around them. And they become they're like, Well, I don't want to miss out. And it's like, well, come in. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but I But I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And so we'll just come in. How do I tell my friends and, and what I I'm think, doing? Yeah, <laughs> living by that feeling, you know. If yeah. you like it, you like it. I like just that's call it call it whatever you like. But if you like it, then that surely that's good enough. Yeah, and if it makes you feel. But if you need, but if like Michael said, you need if you need to turn around and broad rebroadcast, then it has to be something that you can explain in ten words or less or whatever. Mm-hmm. People will stop listening, and nobody likes to not be listened to. No. So yeah, I mean, um, we started the podcast never really knowing what it is. Just put it out. Some people, <laughs> pretty close. We identify with that. Yeah, and actually, let, non-binary. Yeah. We let yeah, we let the guests kind of promote what we do. Okay. Because they because they do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then they tell their group of people yep. to listen to this. To this. Yeah. That brings us into uh, actually on a on a on a bigger scale. I've always wanted to be able to have free passage around the world. So to be able to go into any group, yeah, yeah. and I don't get crucified. I don't get chased out of town, but I can always have a bed mm-hmm. and use that. So I can go into a CrossFit box, yeah. and we probably know someone. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll know a cru- a coach that everyone else would listen to, and it's like cool. We'll just bring that person in. Yeah. So it allows us to be in there. 
there'll be someone that's curious about what we're doing. Everyone else will stand over in the corner just by the plates, not really do much, look at their phone and post on Instagram. Mm -hmm. There'll be one person that's got some curiosity. Yeah. And then it's like, we can affect change by just speaking to that person. So at the box that I train at, mm. it's right by the sea. And mm. I'll come in wet, you know, like just bringing some weights in. And, that, you know, I'm, I'm the size I am, so I'm not like these guys. Mm. And they all look at me. And they had a, they actually, they had a fingerboard uh, up. And there was this Russian guy lifting. He was over for a year. And he just came in, and I was just doing some dead hangs. And he mm. just looked at me like looked at him and he was like a fucking man mountain mm -hmm. and I wasn't yeah. and he looked and then he and then he walked back and then he came up he couldn't un he just couldn't understand this <laughs> this thing and then he ha he was like do you mind if I, and I was like yeah fucking knock yourself out man and he was like because he couldn't do it yeah of course. but <laughs> every day after that yeah. he was there just trying to just do try it and I'm thing. like fucking that's a win yeah yeah you yeah know? That's a win. There's an interesting, like, to go back, and I think it was part of maybe the, the discussion, um, I'm going to say 20 minutes ago. I don't even know. <laughs> um, and it might have been religion, but it might have been politics, but it might have been math, and I'll, I guess all of those are the same thing. But um, <laughs> but I, I was s sitting here and thinking, like, okay, there's, you know, the followers want to identify with the group. Like, i got to be part of the group because then I don't have to think or whatever. So you have leaders, followers, and then I was looking across at you two guys and they go, and then you have seekers mm. or explorers. And I think it's a, it's, it's the valid, it, it, it is the sort of responsibility of the seeker slash and, you know, whatever explorer to draw the leader and follower um, either closer together yeah. or to help them switch positions on an as needed basis. Yeah. We actually work with a, with a psychotherapist, um, who we met in a coffee shop actually, and we were going to put together an event and he was going to design a few bits for us. And we, we uh, had a meal for like 10 people mm. and we brought people together. Okay. And he, he was sitting next to me and he was like, yeah, I finally get, I've never really known what you guys do, <laughs> but I finally understand it. And it's like, you're kind of leading without leading, but getting other people to do the leading and you're just behind. The, and I was like, yeah, that's because if we then get known as something, we can be fall out of favor if we can shapeshift then we mm. can just start to get other people to navigate along <laughs> it can be anything that you need to yeah. be and that's yeah I'm, I'm me i can do anything i like yeah that i think i mean that was a that was kind of a goal or a, maybe a side effect of what we did through training it was like to become the person that you need to be in order to elicit change yeah but you i'm not in the individual or group that's in front of you at that, at that but I'm not anchored that to that identity. I'm I'm anchored to the idea of getting people to do what they need to do. And as soon as I walk out of the room, I just am who I am. I'm not mean. I'm not you know empathic. I'm just the guy. <laughs> and that that means you have a lot of mobility. Yeah. In in whatever, in fact, indifference gives you a lot of mobility. And when we've tried to explain that to people, you know, we go, yeah, the nature of a of a, of a good trainer is you're a sociopath. Mm -hmm. And then we decided, well, maybe it's not that. Maybe you're just more of a chameleon in nature. Yeah. So you're, you know, full of shit, essentially. Um, <laughs> uh, but to, to become and to, and to be able to switch sort of characteristics on, you know, from one client to the next with maybe very little time in between um, is, I think it's the hallmark of a, you know, a, a good guide mm -hmm. in a way is, to be able to, as you you know, you said, Michael, to, to be 
what is needed by the individual that you are tasked with yeah. sort of guiding at, at the time. And that, and that, and that can also change, um, you know, as that individual changes yeah. or, and, and, uh, so the, yeah, the, the luxury of, or the freedom of no title or no label is, um, it's pretty dramatic. Yeah. And just to have output, cause then you, I think that's the, you need to have output. Oh yeah. If you don't have output, then it just churns up inside and then you just get to become like, it's a raging ball of just anger. Mm. But we can, we can kind of do anything. You know, we can, you can make anything. The thing we were talking yeah. about last night, which I'm not going to say because someone might take it and then do it before we do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But we'll tell you that, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, th I think, it, I mean, anybody can do anything and they don't realize yeah. that. Like because they've created an identity and a group think and a and a and a and a tribe that they belong to that they've literally just built these walls around them, and then they think like, oh well, I'm a this, therefore I have to do that, and then their experience is so limited because they're unable to shed their skin and try something yeah. new. But I mean, the people that really figure it out are kind of like, I can do whatever I want. Like I don't want to do everything, but I want to do something that's very specific that gives me the experience that yeah. I want. But I can switch it. I can. Go from music managing to making a magazine to you know being a world explorer. Uh, I can change that hat, and it doesn't affect my identity. And we, we, with athletes, we deal with this all the time, where it's like they're so attached to the thing that they're good at that they're only the person they are because they can identify with the act mm -hmm. that they do. And even right now, uh, this girl that came in a couple of weeks ago to train with us. She's had like, you know, four or five shoulder surgeries because of CrossFit. She wants to be a competitive CrossFitter. And she's, I mean, in a dark place because she's realizing that CrossFit is the sport of shoulders and hers don't <laughs> work real well, which means she's lost her whole identity. And she's even mentioned like, I can't even do, I won't even do this sport at all unless I can do it at a high level. She's like, well, that's worthless. Like how useful is that and i understand the sentiment like i don't want to race road bikes anymore because i was better so i i get it but there's something else that should matter other than your ability to you know do a trick but you take that bit the way i designed clothes mm. was actually the way i climbed because i had friends that were i know but i would only try something once so i couldn't flash it on site it then i wasn't bothered yeah and then there'd be people that were just so everything mm -hmm. was worked out and I was like that's amazing mm -hmm. it's just not me yeah it's different you know it's, it's one I have one go I always liken it to like the French rugby team on their day they could beat anyone but probably for 51 weeks of the year they'd be terrible <laughs> 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 but it, inspirational to watch because you never yeah. know what's going to happen and yeah, I yeah. kind of that is a romantic idea. so it's the question mark yeah you're like <laughs> Yeah, could I like have done that. it if I wanted to. Are we going to get the world champion team today, or are we going <laughs> to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I had some trouble with the, uh, I mean, certainly you know, sport climbing with the whole rehearsal thing, also because mm. it's not the experience that I mm. wanted to have. Same same kind of thing. I mean, some routes in the mountains had to try a few times because sometimes the objectives are so big you have to. It takes time to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I don't like rehearsal. Um, I'm not a dancer. And yeah. I'm not a performer. Like, uh, I'm not looking to entertain people. So I feel like I'm like I want to go have the experience mm. raw in the first time. And if I can't do it, then I failed. Uh, my preparation shouldn't be rehearsal. It should mm. just be preparing for the eventual event. Yeah. 
That's interesting. It's funny for me because now I have a dedicated Ashtanga practice, which is the same every day. Yeah. And I found that really uncomfortable. <laughs> because it's like normally I, if I can't do it, I'll just go away and then maybe. Yeah. You know. So that would have just been one. But this is. One visit to yeah, the yeah, yeah, Ashtanga yeah. Cla- class. And it's, it's shown me some really interesting things. Because you're like, you ain't going anywhere. And it's like, can I actually do that? And, mm. you know, and I need the other people in the room. Mm-hmm. I've realized that with needs. And then someone says, you can do that. And it's like, all of a sudden, I can do it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what's that saying about me? You know, why do that I Did I require someone else's <laughs> belief or for them to yeah. give me permission yeah. in order to yeah. be able to do the thing that I already had within yeah. me? And I think that's like life, that people need permission. And that was the first thing that we said when we met the first guy when we went out mm. to make it was like we just need to give people permission to and it's really innocuous to go and create the best version of themselves and i hate that phrase but yeah. if you can just do that then it's like never ending mm-hmm. like i don't own it but how can you you don't want to be the scene as i don't want to hold anyone in reverence lots of people do mm-hmm. i think that stops them and then the people that like to be held in reverence then they're scared of the thing that, you know, all these people revere me. If I'm found out for actually not being able to move or identify with this thing. And Mm -hmm. so we've created the magazine and the podcast in exactly the same way I did. Chris is amazing at talking to people. Mm. I kind of see something and I'm like, go and talk to that guy over there. (laughs) Chris is like straight in. Yeah. I follow in afterwards. It works. We don't step on each other's toes, mm-hmm. we, you know, and and, I, and then we find a design. You know, that's how yeah. we found a design agency to do what it's like. You just do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. We're going to say, is it confusing enough? You know, yeah. are we matching it, the brief of people going, I've no idea what this is. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's the guide. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's this. And it's like, no, it's not that. You know, and we've had those conversations with the agency. They'll call up and it's like, you, you need to do this. And it's like, we don't. No. No. <laughs> if it's on brand, then it's off brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're curious and committed, I think if you're those two things, yes. that will get you a long way. I like that. That's pretty good. Might be the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was excellent. I don't know. It feels like it's dark outside. Yeah. There's, um, I, I think there's some, well, clouds. Yeah. It's prefrontal. Uh, Windstorm, oh. blowing a bunch of dust around, plus oh. the clouds. But interesting. Yeah, we just get rain, <laughs> drizzle. Yeah, it's not even real rain; it's just drizzle. It's like, it gets you wet though. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in a way that you you just yeah. you're wet, and then your bone yeah. chills. Yeah, like it's so cold just because your bones are cold. It's a kind of it's a most miserable kind yeah, of. Yeah, there's nothing like damp bones, <laughs> wet cold. Yeah. Cool. I think that was how, when I started falling out of love with my bike was 14 months and. <laughs> In the UK, yeah, because yeah, because it's twelve of rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, could have been the start. Hopefully, you guys get out of town before it snows. When's it snowing? First, I think Sunday. Oh yeah, oh, we yeah. should be in LA for then. Okay, yeah. it won't snow there. <laughs> it does other things there yeah but doesn't snow it'll you might start on fire i think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i think 
Um, that's awesome. Did we ever point? Did yesterday? Did you guys point to where your stuff is at so people can go look at your uh, stuff? Instagram. It's at We Move Magazine. Uh-huh. Website is WeMoveMagazine.com or WeMove.World. That's the transition. Nice. And your guys? Oh, because uh, this is going on. Yeah, as yeah. Well. <laughs> nonprofit with a ph. Dot media, and then Instagram's uh, is it? That's underscore nonprofit underscore underscore nonprofit underscore yeah. yeah and then there's like individual yeah stuff but yeah but just go to those and you'll find yeah we're yeah. tagged to the we don't need personal stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's too much of an identifier anyway <laughs> I don't, don't want to I don't want to be my Instagram handle <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really terrible if I was. But some people, yeah. Uh, it's, but it's sometimes you meet someone and you're just like, I know you as a uh, handle. Yeah. yeah. You got to know your real name. It's, yeah. That's pretty interesting. I didn't have one. Nice. I'm just Oops. We Move Magazine. That's it. But <laughs> it's not really me, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Just an, an enigma. Yeah. Moving through the world. I envy that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could, I, I'm glad I have me because I can say whatever the fuck I want. And with the nonprofit stuff, I, you know, we say what we want, but it's in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we agree on the, the, that there are left and right limits. They're just yeah. pretty far out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just useful and unuseful. And I'm fine posting unuseful stuff on my personal one. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, the, the last thing that people might have considered unuseful was the comical breakdown of different pre-workout names and formulas, oh. which then later made it onto the podcast and everything. So that was use. That was absolutely useful. Although when you you know first hit one of those Instagram stories, you're just like, this is unuseful. Yeah, yeah. I which is different than useless. <laughs> that's, that's true. Thank you guys so much for making out. This has been. Thanks yeah. so much for uh, that's what we do. Yeah. Thanks yeah. so much for yeah. hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we'll have to return the favor and end up in the UK, which we're trying to plan out. Yeah, it'd be actually, great. Yeah. At some point. Let us know when you're uh, uh, yeah, I in think advance. The idea is trying to facilitate um, a symposium. Of we have an idea oh. that we can speak about. Off. All right. All right. Well, let's turn this off so we can speak about you know yeah. future plans for <laughs> globalization. Something no, like, probably yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thanks. Thanks.